Welcome to Grace in Public, preaching and teaching in the heartland and all around the world. And now we'll go straight to our main message. It's great to have all of you with us and if you listen carefully, I am going to trust the Holy Spirit to communicate with your human spirit so your human soul can have total control through God, from God, of God, and for God. Cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be quiet in doctrine. The word sober means be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, walketh to and fro on the earth. Where does he walk? Where do you live? That's where I live. Seeking whom he may devour. Resist him in the definite article, system of faith, system of doctrine, and system of understanding truth. What I want you to see this morning is your value in Jesus Christ. Number two, God's provision for you. Number three, his protection. And number four, his compassion for each one of you. If we could only see in Jesus Christ our value. For the message gets through, you will see your value. When people mistreat each other, whether it's false accusations or unkindness, they justify reacting and yelling at that person because that person doesn't have any value with them. Value in each other produces the revelation of the honor code, the manifestation of royalty through loyalty. Did you get that? God's royalty reveals his loyalty. Second Chronicles 32.8 says, With us is our God. He will help us. He will fight our battles. And it says they rested in his words. Job 4.4 says, With words he holds them up and keeps them from falling with doctrine. But a very interesting thing that very few churches anywhere in the world will make an emphasis like you're going to hear this morning, and that's the truth. In Psalm 63.8, With my right hand, the original says, I will hold you up. And we're going in a different route than we normally do with this, so listen. The Lord upholdeth them that fall, Psalm 145.14. For Jesus is the brightness of his glory 
the expressed image of his person. He upholds all things by the word of his power. And when he himself had purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. I want you to get that. Psalm 63, 8, with his right hand. Hebrews 1, 3, right hand. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who endured the cross, despised the shame, but he was first the finisher of our faith. And then, for the joy that was set, S-E-T this time, Hebrews 1.3 is S-A-T, now it's S-E-T, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despised the shame, and then the word of God says, Set down, set down, set down at the right hand of God. He is our refuge and our strength and a present help in the time of trouble. Say present help. Say again and again. Now Isaiah 41.10, I will strengthen thee. I am your God. I will strengthen thee with the right hand of my, and I will help thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Then Isaiah 41, 13, I will strengthen thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Fear not, I will help you. Seldom ever thoroughly understood, even though grace is communicated, Love is certainly motivating many pastors, but seldom ever thoroughly, fervently, humbly, in meekness understood is the doctrine of the right hand. And with it comes, he strengthens us with his right hand, he upholds us with his right hand, he keeps us from falling with his right hand, And he's resting. And to top it off, he says, we're seated together with him. Because that's how he views knowing where we are now. So he views it that way for eternity. The right hand. It isn't enough when Jesus said it's finished. Thank God it is. And John 19, 30 and 17, 4, I finished the work the Father gave me to do. It isn't enough when he was, oh, so important, buried, crucified, buried. His spirit went to heaven, his soul went into hell, and his body went in the grave. But all three came together when the Holy Spirit brought him out in Romans 1, 4. That's not enough. Then in Colossians 2.16 came the ascension, when all the demons of hell, every demon, according to Kenneth Weiss, tried to stop him from going up. And he couldn't do it. He brushed him away. But when he got there, came after the ascension, session. And session means finished work for sinners, Now, watch it carefully. Just like he died for sinners, just like he came for sinners, just like he 
ate with sinners, just like he wept with sinners, just like he received sinners, now he's finished the work for sinners. And I wanted you to understand this present help. Why is he a present help? Because you have an eternal value, an eternal worth. Every single person that's a Christian. You have an eternal value on the palm of his hands. In Isaiah 49, 17. And you have an eternal worth. And even God forbid, God forbid, if he had to hold you up while you were falling. The word hold up means you can never go below a certain place because his hands are holding you. Upholding is the proper word. So in every state, it's a finished work. Oh, our fellowship isn't as sweet if we fail, and we get discipline if we fail through his amazing love. But to know that his finished work upholds us forever, just like he died for us while we were sinners, he upholds us while we are sinners. Forever. Let me uh, add to that in a fresh way this morning in the particular continuity and context. He said in John 10:28 and 9, No man will pluck you out of my hand. Well, what's he holding us with? The finished work skies of his hand with a glorified body. Your value. The child was five years of age. Back of my Afan building with Hal Andrews' cottage. And the child went in the water. And just a 16-year-old boy, the only one that saw it, wandered away while they were having hamburgers. And this 16-year-old boy rushed in, brought the child out, and did breath-to-breath resuscitation and saved the child. You know what that means? He was a present help in a time of trouble. I'll never forget that. Six years of age, raped by his uncle. And the child finally told his mom and dad. And the uncle went to jail ultimately. Six consecutive weeks he screamed in the middle of the night. They finally called their pastor. As the pastor came, he spent hours telling him how clean he was, God's boy. Then he taught him songs. He spent two hours a day for one week taught him songs, taught him scriptures, with the parents took him out. And just like that, six weeks of nightmares, destroying a six-year-old boy, was healed. You know where that boy is today? Going to Bible college.
a present help in the time of trouble. Present help. See, God doesn't want to just help us tomorrow. It's a present help through his finished work today. A lady named Rose called up, had a terrible marriage. She listened to the radio. She loved it. Her husband started listening. They had a wonderful reconciliation. And the radio for that couple was a present, say it, present help in the time of turn it into a honeymoon, a love affair, when it was hatred with him and vindictiveness. One of the things that are so crucial is to really understand how much God honors us and did honor us when we were on our way to hell. Honor means a decision to give us a place forever in his heart of highest value, of highest esteem, without any change ever. That's what honor means. So God could say, Peter, I'm not going to lose you. Paul in Romans 7, I'm not losing you. I'm not going to lose a single person that comes to me. I'll keep them all in John 6, 37 through 39. Not only do we have a treasure in this earthen vessel, but we have this tremendous worth. You may not some days think you're worth much when you're not as spiritual as other days. You have the same value, the same worth, and the same love from the same God that's in you. You have value. He highly esteems you. He has a place for you for on earth forever and in eternity forever. It's the most incredible thing that God could ever do for us as to say, you are a chosen generation, a holy nation, a royal family in the original, and a peculiar treasure or peculiar importance and value when I called you out of darkness into light. But he said, you are a royal family because my royalty has always revealed loyalty. See that? And God's loyalty, because of his royalty of grace and royalty of the finished work, God's loyalty is indescribable and unbelievable. Now God says... Now that I've honored you with my death, honored you with my forgiveness, honored you with representing you in heaven forever, and Hebrews 7, 25 and 26, all I ask is you will rest in my words and reveal the same honor to one another under the same conditions and circumstances at all times. That means be kindly affection one to another. And honor preferring one another in Romans 12.10. If you honor me, I'll honor you in 1 Samuel 2.30b. So here's that. I highly esteem every one of you. You have value that you haven't even understood. You have worth in you that is amazing. 
And on your worst day, your value never changes any more than a precious baby that's sick and can't do anything. You have to take extra care. But boy, does that baby have value. Value with one another. Esteeming one another highly for the sake of Christ. So here we have the lost people all over the world in those 220 countries, all over Baltimore and Washington, Annapolis, and you name it. And here we have these people with a potential to be saved and married to Jesus Christ forever. And we have these precious, precious people lost. I don't care if they're in drugs, alcohol, let's go after them, let's embrace them, let's never give up, let's never quit, let's go right, love them and love them and love them. Love, love them long before you preach to them. How do you get in the door? By loving them just where they're at and coming back and helping them and love them some more. Cast all your care upon him because he cares for you. I was thinking this morning of wasted years. So many people, you know how I feel toward you, and I'm using this as an illustration throughout the world. Wasted years. Wasted moments. Wasted minutes. Wasted days, wasted weeks, wasted years. But that isn't half of it. Wasting a person's soul for eternity in hell. In hell. In Revelation 19.20, the beast and the false prophet were placed into hell, tormented day and night. But did you notice a thousand years later, in Revelation 20, verse 10, the devil was cast into the lake of fire where the beast and the false prophet are, and they were tormented day and night forever and ever. And the rich man woke up in hell, not because he was rich. Thank God for affluent Christians as well as those that have nothing. Please always remember that. But because he rejected Christ. Can you even imagine in the soul, in the heart of your being, can you even begin to imagine what this means? A wasted soul created to live forever and spending eternity in hell. That's why we have such compassion. That's why I shed tears. That's why we go day and night. That's why I get up four in the morning. I don't want to miss this precious time with you and God. That's why I make my decisions way ahead of time to be here. That's why it's so crucial to come Wednesday nights and Sunday nights. It's so crucial because your pastor needs you. That's why. But I want you to see this. Souls having a hole in their heart in Ecclesiastes 3.11, and in hell, appetites that are never satisfied. The drug addict can't have his drugs. The alcoholic can't have his alcohol. The materialistic person through idolatry can't have anything. And the lustful person, the homosexual, can't have his sex because he didn't get saved and forgiven. 
So as you think of this, wasted years. Now listen carefully. Pharaoh said in Exodus 7.21, I have sinned. Balaam said in Numbers 22.34, I have sinned. I have sinned. Saul said in 1 Samuel 15.24, I have sinned. David said, I have sinned. Shimei said in 2 Samuel 19.20, I have sinned. Achan said in Joshua 7.20, I have sinned. I have sinned. Judas said in Matthew 27, verse 4, I have sinned. And the prodigal said in Luke 15, 18, I have sinned. Micah said in Micah 7, verse 9, I have sinned. Now listen carefully. Five meant it. And five didn't mean it and spent eternity in hell. Five meant it. And this is why we have 2 Corinthians 7.10. A godly sorrow that worketh repentance where you don't need to repent of. That means you're saved and you walk in the light. You don't have to get saved over again. But a worldly sorrow worketh death forever. That means that repentance, changing your mind about self, sin, and God, and letting the grace of God give us the gift of repentance, in Jeremiah 31, 18b, in Romans 11:29, this is so crucial. We'd love to hear from you, so please go to our website and contact us. The web address is www.graceinpublic.com. Isn't it great to know that today the right hand of God is ready to help us? God will uphold us with his right hand because of the finished work. Those scars in his hand, they show the marks of what's been done on our behalf. It can never be changed. They'll always be there. Not as a reminder of our guilt, but as a token of our redemption. All those people in the Bible saying, I have sinned. Only some of them meant it. Only some of them were really turning to God. Some were introspective. Some were saying what they think they needed to say in the situation in order to further manipulate, thinking that God is a man and he can be manipulated. It's not true. But it's this clear view of the finished work, a clear view of the cross, of what Christ has accomplished on our behalf. And we look at it and we do say, wow, in the, in the light of that love, I fall far short of that, but I want it. I can't produce it myself, but I want it. I see it. I agree with it. I believe. So it's not so much the knowledge of your sin but it's the knowledge of what he's done on your behalf and that great love and his readiness to step in and help you. Do you believe that God would want to help you today? I know that he does. First step along that road is to receive Christ as your Savior if you've never done that before. Pray a prayer with me. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Reach down your hand and save me. I believe 
that you want to. I believe that you've done all that was necessary for that to happen on the cross 2,000 years ago. You died. You were buried. You rose from the grave showing that the power of resurrection is yours. Cleanse me. Save me. Bring me to where you are when I die. Be where I am all the days of my life, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.